Welcome to the AWS Edge Chat Podcast. I'm a specialized solution architect with a passion around Edge. In each episode, I'll dive into the world of Edge, talk about interesting developments, what you need to know, and what it means to our customers. Hello, my name is Shane Baldacino, and this is episode five of the AWS Edge Chat Podcast. Welcome back, listeners. In this month's episode of Edge Chat, which is February 2021, I'm going to cover two announcements in this month's Edge Roundup and give you the rundown on a few blog posts released this month. Now, if I look back through my career, it's often about ensuring you are pitching to the right target audience. Are you dealing with a developer? Or perhaps it's someone from the C-suite, two very different conversations. You know, Are you conveying the most amazing technical solution that will be a business enabler to a business that does not have developers at their core and will struggle to implement? That's a problem. What do you do? Do you leverage a third party to help you out? Perhaps, but this may require an additional onboarding process through a finance department or perhaps even a security assessment. The reality is this is common and it can often result in less than optimal solutions. So I'm happy to announce I have a solution for your needs here. So remember listeners about the AWS Marketplace. Of course you will say, you know, it's a place where you go to test and buy software and hardware appliances. Let's say you tested out a few security appliances and you decide to move forward with implementation in production, but you need expert help. Our dilemma above. Typically, this could be a point of contention, but with this update, you can now get that help, along with help for assessments and non-marketplace software implementations right in the marketplace. In short, These are the expert hands you need. So now via the marketplace, you can buy services with customized pricing, payment schedules, and contract terms to fit your business needs with all software and service charges consolidated on one bill. The bill in this case will be from us, Amazon. The marketplace catalog listings can be refined just to show professional services using the professional services delivery method filter. What I like about this update is it's going to reduce the friction in implementation. More options and as an added plus, it's one bill, meaning customers are not going to need to onboard those new vendors and go through any of those security assessments. A great update here. Okay, so let's pivot and talk about Amazon Route 53, one of those plumbing services that just needs to work. So just after reInvent, we made a substantial update for Route 53, DNS Sec support. I almost need an applause sound effect here. Woohoo! So you can now enable DNSSEC signing for all existing and new public hosted zones and enable DNSSEC validation for Amazon Route 53 Resolver. So if you aren't familiar with DNSSEC, what is it and why is it so important? You know, why did I go woohoo? So DNS by itself is not secure. DNS was designed in the early 80s when the internet was much smaller and security was not a primary consideration in its design. As a result, when a recursive resolver, so the end user, sends a query to an authoritative name server, the name server hosting the domain, the resolver has no way to verify the authenticity of the response. Did it come from the correct name server? The resolver can only check that a response appears to come from the same IP address when the resolver sent the original query. Obviously, the internet was a much safer place back then. So enter DNSSEC. DNSSEC adds two important features to the DNS protocol. The first feature is data origin authentication, and this allows a resolver to cryptographically verify that the data 
it received actually came from the zone where it believes the data originated. Important. And the second part is data integrity protection, which allows a resolver to know that the data hasn't been modified in transit since it was originally signed by the zone owner with the zone's private key. When you enable DNSSEC signing on a hosted zone, Route 53 cryptographically signs each record in that hosted zone. Route 53 manages the zone signing key and you can manage the key signing using KMS, which is AWS Key Management Service. When you enable DNSSEC validation on a Route 53 resolver in your VPC, it ensures that the DNS responses haven't been tampered with in transit. And DNSSEC validation is available in all AWS regions. After all, Route 53 is a global service. Now, if you have an existing zone, which most of you will, you can enable DNSSEC signing and DNSSEC validation using the API or the console. A really substantial update here. Let's talk about some blog posts. Why cover blog posts, you might ask? Well, I think just like art, you know, there is a certain appreciation I know I have in how builders construct building blocks. Builders could be the traditional sense. You know, it could be maybe like a machining workshop or in the context of AWS, many of the essays to which I'm lucky to work with. Let's talk about custom error pages. One of the rough edges with CloudFront and WAF is 403 errors. So to recap status codes, a HTTP 403 means access to the requested resource is forbidden. The server understood the request, but it's not going to fulfill it. But how do you know if it's the CloudFront origin or AWS WAF returning a 403? With standard tooling, you cannot distinguish whether this error came from WAF or the CloudFront origin. A standard 403 also is not the most helpful. If it's a false positive, what do your users do? It might be helpful to have a friendly error with a phone number or link to report the issue. Hey, I can't access the website if you believe this is an error. Please call this number or fill out this form. So in this blog post titled, Customize 403 Error Pages from Amazon CloudFront Origin with Lambda at Edge, it will walk you through the process on how to leverage Lambda at Edge to display customized error pages or mask 4xx error pages based on where the error originated. The post includes a Lambda function, it's in Python 3.7, and it walks you through the process of adding a trigger to CloudFront and assigning the function to the origin response. The next blog post is all about Origin Shield. It's titled, Using CloudFront Origin Shield to Protect Your Origin in a Multi-CDN Deployment. Like the title suggests, this blog details how the recently announced Origin Shield can enhance your multi-CDN media workload by minimizing the load on your origin. In essence, this blog is really a walkthrough that will hold your hand through setting up the process. Now, the reduction in load can improve your origin's availability, reduce operating costs, and improve general performance for viewers. Some customers using Origin Shield in production have reported origin load reductions and origin fetch P90 latency reductions as high as 57% and 67% respectively. Not only does speed matter from an end user experience, it can impact cost. Google, for example, use a quality score to charge for keywords one bids on, make your site faster, pay less. And obviously, if there's less load on the origin, you are going to require less compute resources to keep this origin up and running. And the last post is one that I sat back and really admired the solution. For myself, whose background isn't in streaming media, it was interesting to see this solution cobbled together. Now, the blog post is titled, On the Fly Video Conversion with Amazon CloudFront 
Lambdroid Edge and AWS Elemental Media Convert. Whether your media library includes long-form featured movies or short-form, you know, how-to clips, the popularity of each video is typically set by your viewers. You know, you'll be able to understand that. Consider though your video assets that are viewed infrequently. You know, perhaps you've got it at a single quality rendition or maybe they're never going to be viewed at all. You can find relevant models like free to watch with ads with a return on investment for video processing and delivery ties directly to the video content popularity. Now, here's a novel approach though. So this blog post introduces a serverless workflow and we love serverless, you know, event-driven on-demand for on-the-fly video conversion. From an MP4 video source, files are stored in an S3 bucket to HLS, so HTTP live streaming served through CloudFront. The workflow uses Lambda and Edge function to invoke an AWS Elemental Media Convert job. The post also includes a YAML CloudFormation template. So not only is this blog theoretical, it is a one-click approach for you to either get started or, you know, it's CloudFormation, you can customize it. Well, that's it for today as we covered a range of updates that occurred in the month of January 2021. Thanks for joining and I look forward to continuing these monthly roundups in 2021. Just remember folks, feedback is important and does drive the direction of this show. So please, drop myself a message, balshane at amazon.com. But until next time, bye for now and keep on building.